The PlayStation 5 is almost here. In this episode, I'll be going over my personal history and what I enjoyed about the last generation, the PlayStation 4. Welcome, welcome to the Cube Command Podcast. My name is Tommy Savoy, and this is the show where you can chill with us as we talk about the news, reviews, and other things in the gaming, pop culture, and movie industry. The Cube Command Podcast is produced by Savoy Studios and is part of the Savoya Media Network. To find all the shows produced by Savoy Studios, just go to SavoyaMedia.com. Oh man, the, the PlayStation 5 is almost here. November 12th is when everything drops. I think the accessories have already kind of hit the shelves, but uh, the actual console itself, you know, things you could use the accessories for, doesn't drop until the 12th. And so I am taking a little bit of time to uh, make this special episode of the Cube Command podcast, because the day this episode goes out, which should be November 6th, is uh, one day after the fourth anniversary of the Cube Command podcast. The first episode of the Cube Command podcast was November 5th, 2016. And with that one, I jumped straight into the uh, reveal of the Nintendo Switch. That was kind of an interesting uh, episode to do, and it was the first one I did by myself in a long time. And uh, not only that, but this is also episode 75 of the Cube Command podcast. 75 episodes later, here we are, almost about to hit the PlayStation 5. And throughout these past four years and 75 episodes, I've experienced a lot of awesome games, some interesting news, a lot of great announcements, and lots of fun was had. And for this episode, I'm going to be going over my personal history and my favorite titles I've played on the PlayStation 4. I was thinking of maybe talking about the Switch and my history about it, but then I realized I played so much on that system that I could not fit both of these in a single episode. It's just so much. And uh, given that the PlayStation 5 is releasing soon, I figured, hey, you know, what the heck, why don't I just focus on PlayStation 4 for now? Because I have had many a great time on this system. I actually have the um, the game cases for my games pulled up right next to me, some of my favorites. Um, I have played quite a few, and a lot of them I did trade in because that was during the time when I still traded in games. Um, back when I was still a starving-for-money high school student. Uh, who just had a part-time job. I couldn't afford to get every other game out there, you know? That's how it is. And that's understandable, you know? So I had to pick my titles very carefully. Um, so a lot of the time, it would just be me walking into GameStop trying to find, hey, what's in the $20 and under bin? You know, what can I get for 15 bucks that'll last me a while, you know, uh, in between classes? And uh, I did pick out a lot of uh, interesting ones. So I'm going to go over some of the uh, the cheaper games, some of the ones I didn't spend a lot of time on first. Um, so yeah, uh, growing up, I was more of a uh, computer and Nintendo guy. So I had a lot of uh, PC ports of PlayStation 1 games. Uh, I played a lot of uh, DS and Wii growing up because that was my introduction. Was uh, Actually, it was the GameCube and then it was the Wii and the DS. Uh, so... The, the PlayStation 4 was actually the first time I actually got a system that wasn't Nintendo, believe it or not. Um, and uh, for those of you who actually had listened to my previous podcast, the Nintendo Teens podcast, uh, that was kind of my favorite thing, you know, back then was just Nintendo because I hadn't really branched out into anything else. I didn't have, I, I couldn't, uh, you know, I didn't own a PlayStation. I couldn't experience a lot of these great titles, but... Uh, when I got my first high school job, actually the first thing I bought with my first paycheck was a PlayStation 4. And uh, 
I believe. Uh, I don't remember the. I think it was uh, Star Wars Battlefront uh, for the PlayStation. The first one actually was the first game I got for it. And so uh, that was actually a really big event for me because it was the first time again like that I had owned a console other than Nintendo. And uh, so I, I actually I made an unboxing for it and I had a little skit for it that I put on my YouTube channel, Tom Antio. And that was like, what, 2016, I think? I, I got in 2016 because I remember that's when the video went up. Also, by the way, spoilers. I'm just going to say that right now. There's going to be a lot of spoilers for PlayStation 4 games. So just be just be on the lookout for that. Be wary of it. Okay, so I got Star Wars Battlefront. It was like, what? I think it was like $10. It was in the $10 bin. It was like, I think it was like a year after the game came out, something like that. And uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I, I mostly played the single player stuff because, you know, having just gotten my PlayStation, I wasn't really eager to hop right into the online stuff. I didn't buy a, uh, uh, what do you call it? PlayStation Plus account, a subscription. Because I think it was $50 and then a year later is when they, they, uh, they jacked the price up to 60 I think. So I never, I've never actually had a PlayStation Plus account. I've played the entirety of my PlayStation catalog offline uh, with the exception of like free stuff like Apex. Um, but I, hey, I had a lot of fun. The The PlayStation, it, it carried itself as a single player console for me. You know, I had no problem. I didn't really have a desire to go online anyway. Um, even though the first game I picked up was Star Wars Battlefront. I had a lot of time, a lot of fun playing the single player stuff like the, um, uh, I forgot what they call it, like Deathmatch or something or the, uh, yeah, Deathmatch, one-on-one Deathmatch and then uh, the survival, which you could pair up with another person. And I had, I had fun with it. Um, but Star Wars Battlefront wouldn't satiate me for long because I was uh, eager to try out a lot of the titles I had been missing um, when I didn't have a PlayStation 4. And so let's see, what was the next one? Uh, I, I got some of the uh, cheaper games. I think I got a couple of Lego games at that point, but obviously I don't own them now because uh, I, I traded them in at some point. But the next big event for me was a Batman Arkham Knight. I had never even experienced the Arkham games before. I've heard great things about it. I am a huge Batman nerd. And my experiences with Batman games actually went as far as a Lego Batman, you know, being someone who grew up with Nintendo. But Batman Arkham Knight, oh man, I had so much fun with this one. This was such a great jumping in point to uh, AAA third person uh, adventure games on the PlayStation. Because uh, Uncharted is, is another favorite of mine, but I'll get into that in just a minute. But Batman Arkham Knight, uh, I think I got this one for $7.00. Yeah, it was uh, it was a couple. This is a 2014 game, so yeah, it was about two, almost three years later after it released when I got it. So it that little golden pocket of time where um, there's good stuff in the horizon. The PS4 was still in, in you know in its stride. It was it wasn't dying anytime soon. But a lot of the good games that had come out earlier were dropping in price or already like under ten dollars. So I was able to get a build up my catalog relatively fast for you know a small price to pay and uh this game i had so much fun with it um I jumped right into the story mode uh completed that as fast as i could and uh started trying to 100 percent it which uh to this day i i have completed everything in this game except for well the riddler trophies and i don't think that's really a surprise to hear for anyone who's played the arkham games any of them really uh, because man, those things are hard to find. 
they're so cryptic too and like they're not i i don't know i feel like they didn't really like play test the uh the riddler trophies because you have to find these little tiny green question mark trophies around the entirety of gotham and some of these things are like in buildings or there's one that's actually in a blimp too which i haven't even explored that area again to find out where the how to access it but uh, i had a lot of fun with it. it it was such like you know to quote like every game reviewer out there it made you feel like batman you know uh driving the batmobile around doing all these sick combos Using the grappling hook, upgrading the thing fully, and using the grappling hook to skyrocket into the air and glide across Gotham was just so exhilarating. And uh, I actually like the Batmobile in this game. Um, I know that uh, a lot of people who played uh, Origins and Asylum and Cities say that they don't really like the Batmobile. Just because uh, Rocksteady uh, incorporated into so much of the game's playtime. And I, I noticed that, like, obviously, yeah, Batman's the best thing about this game, and you really want to be on foot for the most part. But with the sections with the Batmobile, I made the best of it. I thought it controlled very well. I liked the transition into uh, combat mode and tank mode, or what is it, uh, car mode, I guess? I don't know. But I, I, I actually really like controlling this thing, especially when it's fully upgraded, and you get the, the turbo boost in the back, you get the rocket, and you get the... Uh, extended speed the uh the eject jump which lets you you know rocket yourself into the air at like 90 miles an hour it was really cool um i really would like to play this game again i actually got it on pc um it's something i'm looking to uh to let's play on cube command at some point when we finish the other games we have planned but yeah batman arkham knight I did eventually grab the arkham collection i think it's called which is a a port of the first two Arkham games, uh, which is Asylum and City, that they ported to the PlayStation and Xbox, and I didn't like it. I, I I don't know. It was a combination of uh, Asylum's beginning being really slow compared to like Arkham Knight, and just the fact that the game didn't look very good, despite being a uh, not really a remaster, but a I guess they, they kind of marketed it as an enhanced port because, like, they said the lighting was fixed. But it still actually it had a couple glitches. I think I might have encountered a couple bugs while playing it. And it just it looked uglier than the footage I had seen before on the Xbox. Um, but I eventually got those games again on Steam for, like, I don't know, five bucks a pop. So I, I'll probably revisit them and have better, better opinions. But uh, so far, Arkham Knight is really the only one I enjoyed playing on the PlayStation. So let's, um, yep, yeah, okay. So before we get into the uh, Uncharted, I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, a game that uh, I picked up for a while. Um, for, let's see, the price tag actually says like $13, $14. Um, I don't remember if I had a pro membership or not, but uh, Fallout 4 is my first and so far only endeavor into the Fallout franchise. This game was... Apparently, not as good as the other ones that came before. I don't know. I don't really want to take their word for it because I actually enjoyed the little time I had playing it, but eventually I just got bored of it. I thought it was way too open-ended. I didn't like the interface. I thought I thought the interface was kind of ugly. I didn't like how the game controlled at all. I kind of wish there was a, a third-person mode. Maybe there is. 
maybe it was the third person mode i was and i was just i just didn't find it or i didn't care enough to look up how to do it um i like the concept of fallout i think it's very interesting but i like open world games to be more densely packed and uh, i don't know i just didn't like the fact that you couldn't do anything in the game or explore without dying you know because like anything can just jump you and and you can't swim in anything you can't eat anything in there and of course that's the appeal of it i get that i get that it's supposed to be post-apocalyptic and you're 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 at your wits end and you're going to die at every turn but i don't know it just when you mix that with an open world environment it's not something i personally enjoy playing because i feel like it severely limits what you can do in the world like, if I'm playing Legend of Zelda, I love the fact that uh, in Breath of the Wild, I can just glide anywhere, climb anywhere I want. And of course, I need the correct armor, but with the fundamental stuff they give you, you can basically explore the entirety of Hyrule how you want. Fallout 4, it, it put you on this goose chase, um, and it was very vague about how it wanted you to get there. And I, I, I just got bored of following a waypoint and having to backtrack because I found a, a river that I couldn't cross and then getting lost and then getting attacked and dying and then having to drop stuff I picked up because you have very limited carrying space. I don't know. I just thought it wasn't very well designed, even though I did like the concept. But uh, yeah, so maybe, maybe I'll visit at some point, but for now, I don't think so. All right, so here's my personal favorite part of this episode, which is uncharted oh man if you watch the un uh, unboxing episode i did for the playstation 4 i actually got the uncharted 4 bundle um which came with a sealed copy of the game but uh, being an idiot apparently uh i wasn't really interested in playing it i thought it was just a generic you know action game that that it didn't pique my interest at all because i was still trying to find my groove and find the games that I was I wanted to play on the system so it, I, I I sold the the Uncharted 4 I got with it and it wasn't until later I realized you know maybe I should pick up this game maybe it might be good um, and so uh, I, I went to GameStop I found a cheap copy I want to say I bought this for like eight or nine dollars the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection three uncharted games ported from the PlayStation 3 and uh enhanced for the PlayStation 4 experience and also with their uh with their online modes carried over which I didn't use um but hey three games for like 9 bucks and these games are phenomenal i had so much fun playing uncharted when i finished three the first three uncharted was already like my, one of my top favorite top five franchises like holy crap these games are so exhilarating i love the characters the the interactions the the how the the levels are set up the way it keeps its pace the the gameplay itself like the shooting mechanics the cover mechanics everything is laid out so perfectly and and the, and to to also tell this great story while you're experiencing this exciting gameplay and this this world that draws you in, these characters that make you care about them and and want to see more of them. It, it's the Uncharted franchise is so spectacular. It's one of my all time favorites. So I, I started with the first one and then uh, finished that one 
after a while and then went to two and three. The first experience I had playing the first Uncharted game, Drake's Fortune, uh, was a Let's Play on the Cube Command YouTube channel. It was actually one of the first series Nick and I started, and to this day we haven't finished it because, uh, I don't know, it, it, we had trouble doing long-form series on the YouTube channel, but um, either way, I I was interested in the premise. Personally, I kind of wanted to finish it on my own, so I took it upon myself to sit back and restart the game from scratch. I soon lapped us where we were and finished the game before we even got to the halfway point on the YouTube channel. And I was so enthralled by it that I I went ahead and started the second one almost immediately after. And uh, after the second one, which is personally I think is one of the best in the series, um, I went to the third one. And eventually, uh, I, I got Uncharted 4 for cheap, because it, it had been a while, so it was cheap again and uh, popped it in to see what I had been missing. And after finishing this quadrilogy, I gotta say, they tied it together so well. There was a noticeable jump in the mechanics from uh, 3 to 4. Um, I did notice that because I think it was a different director who worked on the game, and also, you know, it was better hardware. This is one of the first uh, games Naughty Dog made for the PlayStation... Maybe it was the first one. I don't know. For the PlayStation 4, anyway. Uh... Because I know that they had remastered Last of Us 1, and then they started working on 2. But man, they just knocked it out of the park with all three of these. Uh, 4 is personally my favorite, because I like the slower sections that let you examine the world. Kind of like the world building segments. uh, Because I had a few of those in Uncharted 3. Um, But I I didn't enjoy my entire time with 3, because I felt that it kind of dragged at some portions, mostly near the middle. And two, I think, to this day, is one of the most perfectly paced video games ever made. It just keeps you on your toes at all times. And uh, I, I don't think the combat system is as good as three. I thought they perfected it in three. Um, and then for some reason took away some of those mechanics in four. Um, I still thought that two was very well done. And they, they did a great job with what they had. And as for one, I think it's a good game. But compared to the rest of the series, it's definitely the lowest one for me. Like, it doesn't have the same mechanics they introduce later. The storytelling is not as high octane, I guess. And, I don't know, it, it just aged the worst. But I, I still think it's worth a go, especially if you're starting the series. But, uh, yeah, and then after that, I, I kind of waited a while to, to let my experience kind of settle down. And then uh, I went ahead and got Lost Legacy. Because I also wanted to drop in price too, because it was like, I don't know, $30, $40 when it released. But this one's the spin-off of Uncharted 4. Using the same engine and mechanics, they they told the story of one of the side characters they introduced in 2 and 3 that we didn't get to see, which was uh, Chloe. And uh, tied up one of the villains in 4, which was Nadine. And uh, Sam was also, he worked his way into the story too. I really like this one. I wasn't actually expecting them to keep going after 4. Um, given that they gave Nathan Drake a perfect end. But given that this one worked just as well, and I felt just as comfortable in Chloe's shoes as I did in Nathan Drake's, I wouldn't be opposed to they kept making uh, uh, game center around Chloe and Nadine and Sam. I think they, they captured the spirit of it pretty well, and they're, it's a great successor to the original story. Not as long as I would have liked, but um, brought over everything great about the game and even introduced some new stuff of its own. 
So I, I, I enjoyed that one too, and I hope they make more. So we got a couple more games to talk about. Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Ah, oh, man. What a good time. I'm not going to go too too long about this game because I, I've, t- I've already reviewed it in a previous episode of the podcast and also on my YouTube channel. But man, it's like it, it's kind of like the Crash Bandicoot version of the Nathan Drake collection. It's got three awesome Crash games for the price of one. This is kind of different in that like, you know, it, it's they're made from the ground up. It's not just a port. And man, they did such a great job with these. I didn't get to fully play through all three of them growing up. I was mostly just introduced to, I think, Crash 3, Warped, and Wrath of Cortex growing up. So getting to play all of these, you know, all the way through, such a great experience. I would recommend this game to anyone who loves a good platformer and, you know, is looking for one on the PlayStation. All right, and and here's another game that I just re- Actually, the last two episodes of this podcast we just went over, which was Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man, only on PlayStation. This one was good. This one caught my attention, particularly because I only played like one Spider-Man on the Wii U, I think. And I wasn't really impressed by it. But this one just knocked it out of the park again. I'm, You know, <laughs> I gotta say, a lot of these games in here I'm just gushing over. But that's because the good ones I kept, you know, and they stuck with me. And this was one of them. Um, if you listen to episodes 74 and 73 of the podcast, you can hear me and Nathan go more in depth about it. But... Yeah, this one's a good time, and I can't wait to to play Miles Morales. All right, two more. Uh, this one, once again, this is the last one on the list that I, I've actually went over on the podcast. This one's Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. The review for this one was actually episode 71, so right before Spider-Man. But yeah, just to abridge it, this game carried over like a lot of the stuff that I loved about the original trilogy and... Expanded upon it, added a new twist to things, and just added so much stuff that it stands on its own as like a whole game compared to the Insane Trilogy. It's Crash Bandicoot on a scale that we haven't seen him before. With uh, new concepts, new characters, uh, polished game mechanics, and really, really grueling but fun level design. I hardly recommend it. Alright, this is the last game on the list. Um, I did want to talk about some of the PSVR stuff, but me and Nick also did an episode on that. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but it's there. I think it might be in the 60s or something. We did talk about some of the games we, we played for, like uh, Super Hot and Blood and Truth. So, um, And the last one we have here, The Witcher Wild Hunt. Witcher 3, sorry. Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. This game is... Uh, the biggest scale game that I have played on this system by a long shot. They packed so much into this world, which actually isn't as big as I thought it was going to be like scale wise. Like if you're going to like measure it out, like bit by bit, mile by mile, it's definitely smaller than legend of Zelda. And I I think it might be on par with fallout, but they just cram so much stuff in this game. You know, the fact that it is an RPG through and through while still having, you know, real-time gameplay is what really draws me to it. You know, I'm, I like a good Pokemon here and there, but I'm really not a big fan of turn-based RPGs. I, I personally find them to be a little monotonous. I understand those who do like them. And I do, I, I kind of get the appeal of it, but it's just not for me. But The Witcher... It takes stuff that I like about RPGs, which is the personalization, the potential for so many possibilities, 
and the ability to customize and play the game you want to play it while still being a third person action RPG, which I love is just the perfect mix and the fact that you can it mixes in with the storytelling the gameplay and the storytelling can branch out in so many different ways depending on how you personally play the game is so phenomenal they did such a good job with this game i am i still haven't even finished the game it's so big i i I think i'm on like the last chat the last act or something um but i and I'm taking a, a a break from it right now because it, it just it just took up so much of my time during the summer and I do want to get around to finishing it and probably at some point in the future trying out the different storylines too because there's apparently like, I don't know, 12 different endings or something like that that you can get. But I'm really excited to see how it ends and uh, I can't wait to jump back into it because, man, if you, I didn't even play the previous Witchers. I have them on PC, but I haven't touched them. Just three alone brought me into the world of uh, the Witchers and Geralt. I'm excited to finish the Amazon series too, but I'm waiting until I finish the game to do that. But yeah, Witcher 3, a phenomenal title. And uh, so that pretty much wraps up the, the main games I wanted to talk about. There's other games I own, like uh, Alien Isolation, Shadow of Mordor, and uh, Hitman 2, and stuff like that. But I, I didn't really play them enough to really have a solid opinion on them, and I haven't I haven't finished all of them either. Um, and I don't really feel the need to do so right now. Uh, yeah, these games that I talked about, these are what made the system for me. You know, PlayStation 4 is such a special system to me. It's It brought me into this the, this whole other world of gaming that I hadn't even explored. And not only that, but it's a great entertainment system too. I watch a lot of Netflix on it. But, you know, as a console, it is definitely one of my, I don't know, top four, four consoles maybe? It's probably, probably four. I don't think it beats the GameCube because, you know, that's, that's the system that I named the podcast after. But that would be kind of betrayal to say that uh, I prefer it over it. But in some ways, I kind of do. I, I'm a little partial to the software a little more, you know. Um, and, and the DualShock uh, 4, I think it served its purpose well. Not my favorite uh, controller I've owned. Uh, that more more so goes to the uh, the Pro Controller for the Switch or the um, the GameCube controller. I really love those. Um, but you know, the DualShock 4, it does a good job. I like the buttons. They're very clicky and the, I, I took very good care of it too. And still use it on PC as well. And, uh, I, I've seen the improvements made, they made on the, the DualSense and I'm thinking maybe to grab one of those for PC gaming. I think that would be neat because I, I don't think I'll be getting a PlayStation 5 despite loving the PlayStation 4. I don't think I'll be getting a PlayStation 5 for a while. I think it's it'll be a bit before I plunk down the was it they're asking for like five hundred dollars for the disc drive version. Maybe if maybe if there's a price drop or something, or if uh, I got the extra funds in the future, I'll splurge on it. But um, for now, I, I think I'll, I'll stick with the PlayStation Four for now, and uh, I'll be able to play Miles Morales at least. But I will be following what the PlayStation Five is doing very closely because that's it's still intriguing to watch. Anyway, I, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to me, you know, babble on and on about the games that I love to play and and my experience with them. I hope uh, maybe I encouraged any of you to pick up any of the games I was talking about. If if you feel the need to play any of these, please do. Great games. Uh, so that pretty much wraps up what I had to say today. You can listen to the Cube Command podcast on any podcast app. And remember that we are produced by Savoy Studios and are part of the Savoy Media Network. Just visit SavoyMedia.com to find all of our shows. 
And uh, we're also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find the Cube Command Podcast and other great tech shows. Just go to techpodcast.com. Uh, be sure to check out our YouTube channel too, Cube Command. Um, we're experiencing some growth on there and we're having fun with some new series and experimenting with different uh, upload schedules. So if you can, we normally upload on uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, uh, the 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock window. So if you want to, you can head on over there, see what we have in store. Hope you have a laugh. Hope you have a good time. That pretty much wraps up everything for this episode. I have been having so much fun these past four years recording this podcast. 75 episodes. I hope you guys have been enjoying this ride as much as I've been enjoying it. It's been a lot of work, but it's been worth it. This has been the Cube Command Podcast. My name is Tommy Savoy. I want to thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time. Nick, have you ever heard of Blueberry? Blueberry, what's that? Well, it's only one of the most respected media hosting sites out there with a customizable audio player, media validation, and unlimited downloads. Wow, does it have free technical support? Yes. Is it optimized to work with WordPress for easy blog posts? Yes. Does it require third-party sites to access? No. Is it spelled with a B and an L and a U and a B-R-R-Y? Yes. With affordable hosting packages and detailed statistics, Blueberry must be the best podcast hosting service for me. Yeah, well, wait a second. How'd you know that? I, I didn't say that. I don't know. What are you, what are you talking about? Use our promo code CubeCommand to get your first month of hosting free.